Hello and welcome to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. A bi-weekly look at the latest updates from HubSpot and practical hints and tips directly from the mouths of HubSpot users and partners. This week, we're taking a look into HubSpot customization. How should you harness the power of customization without creating a monster? And what should you avoid? Joining me today is John Pittam, Managing Director here at Carmen Digital. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ian. That was... uh... I love an introduction that talks about creating monsters. I think we can we can take that all sorts of places today, can't we? Yeah, we've uh, we're recording on a Friday, so it's been a a good week, busy week. Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think hopefully we're going to be telling people what to avoid and how to avoid that rather than uh, creating one. But uh, yeah. let's see. I, I've got three children, so does that mean creating? I've already created three <laughs> monsters. Is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, it leads on to the first question then, really, John. I mean, HubSpot, you know, can become a monster. It can do anything and everything to a point. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. So just in your mind, kind of what is customization and, and, and how far can we take that? Yeah, I, I think a really good opening question, I guess, Ian. Um, you know, HubSpot is incredibly flexible in terms of the platform and what it can do. And I think in the wrong hands, it can get out of control, I guess, and, and cause more harm or, or certainly cause problems in a business and issues that, that probably should be avoided. And, but for me, customization is, is ensuring, and, we, and we're thinking here about HubSpot being a CRM, a core CRM, rather than just marketing automation or sales enablement, which which obviously a part of that. But for me, this is about ensuring the CRM fits your business, not your business fitting the CRM. Okay, so customization is about, okay, we've got this great tool here. How do we change this tool, the way it's set up, et cetera, so that our current business processes can be overlaid into that and improved within use it, using that tool and the functions within it? So, so that's the key driver, really. And, and I guess when we talk about customization, we talk about a whole host of things, but I guess there's there's some core areas. One of those, for example, is the user interface. So customizing the user interface. So when an individual user looks at a screen, what are they presented with? And we want to customize that, whether they're in sales or in service or part of a leadership team, those people we want to see different things. So it's about customizing that to make their life easy, to make them to be more efficient in their role. A key part of that, though, John, is also adoption then, I guess. So, you know, if a leadership team are bringing HubSpot into the business, that's really key in actually the team members adopting it and and, and, and enjoying using HubSpot and therefore it, it having the most impact. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and I think that's a, that's a really good point because if the CRM is customized to align to an individual's role and the way they do things, that's going to make it much easier for them to adopt it, engage with it and, and perform better. I think one of the challenges is, is where people are having to learn to do things differently in a new way with a tool they're not used to. And all of that stuff is, is part of adoption of new CRM, of course, but we want to make that as easy as possible. So customization plays a really important role in ensuring there's good, strong adoption of the platform so that you can drive some ROI out of the investment in the platform in the first place. And I think that, that, that also, when, you know, when we talk about customization, then, you know, we're talking about data. How, how do we customize the data so that it's presented and used in the right way? You know, where does that data sit within the CRM? So that that's part of it that needs thinking about. And then, of course, from a customization perspective, you're thinking about automation and process. How do you customize the CRM? How do you customize HubSpot to ensure that it aligns to the existing um, processes and automation, the way of working, so that you improve things? Um, so, so all of this customization is really important. 
it often happens as part of onboarding. And, and actually, that's where if you don't set out on the right path, that where, that's where problems can occur. If you're just deploying HubSpot without really giving proper deep thought to where it should be customized for your business. And there's, there's quite a few clients, certainly that, that we come across, right, who already have HubSpot and it's been sold as the kind of CRM for growth oriented businesses, whatever it might be. And they've bought it off the shelf and perhaps struggling because of some of those issues. Yeah, definitely. And, and interestingly, I came across recently that this concept, and actually it was a customer that talked to us about it. We're talking about re-onboarding. They've already been onboarded once and they're being onboarded again because that initial onboarding exercise wasn't particularly effective. And I think that's that that really needs some careful consideration when you adopt the CRM to make sure that you are onboarding in the most effective way possibly aligned to the business because because it can cause problems. One of the issues, of course, is you know people buy... HubSpot because of, you know, they're sold the sizzle and, and don't get me wrong, it's a really powerful platform. And then it's onboarded with some standard tools. Well, those standard tools might not be the right tools for your business, although they're very attractive and they in their own right are very powerful. They might not be the right things that you're focusing on in deployment of HubSpot and therefore problems can occur. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I guess with that in mind, then this is about uh, understanding what you're trying to achieve before you start trying to implement within HubSpot. So arguably, or importantly, uh, best to start with the end in mind. And for those who want to kind of customize HubSpot in the best way possible, how do they go about that? What's the process? Yeah, I I think, yeah, th- there has to be some planning and thinking behind this rather than just, you know, HubSpot looks great. We've had a demo. There's all these nice fancy tools. Let's deploy it into our business. Let's onboard it. So, so, you know, there's a number of areas to look at. And, and this is about doing the homework and, and whether this is done with an agency to deployment or whether it's done internally doesn't matter, but it should be thought about and done properly. So things like mapping your existing processes. Now, some organizations will already have their marketing and sales process and service processes mapped, which is great. And then we need to think about how they apply to HubSpot. So that that kind of, you know, we use flow diagrams and, and you know, we use a tool called Lucidchart to do it, but there's lots of others available, of course. But that process mapping becomes really important because when you understand that on paper, you can then start to think Think about how that applies into the CRM and how you would change the CRM to fit that process. So almost reverse engineering it back in. It's fair, yeah. fair to say with the process mapping as well that a lot of businesses will think they understand their processes until they start to get that down on paper. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and also, you know, it's interesting for us when we do this exercise with, with clients where, you know, we map the process and we're working with different people and different teams or even people within the same team and said, oh, we, we don't do it like that. We, we do it like this. And, and suddenly, and actually the exercise of process mapping in itself is really powerful in terms of providing consistency to the process and improving the process. Often what we'll do when we talk people through, you know, when we're doing the process mapping piece is that that exercise in itself improves the process because saying, hold on, why do we do that? Is that, is that good? We could do we do it in a different way. Yeah. Well, yes, you can. Let's do it in a different way. And we do that thinking that paperwork, if you like, beforehand, before we then uh, engineer HubSpot to, to fit that process. And then you've got agreement and buy-in from the team before you're implementing in HubSpot. So you're not coming across those problems after the fact. Absolutely. And they think it's their, well, it is their process, you know, so rather than you kind of telling them how to use HubSpot, they're telling you how to custom as an agency or a partner as we are, they're telling us how they want HubSpot customized for them. And they're defining that process. So absolutely gets buy-in. And is that the same then from a kind of data perspective? 
absolutely so, so you know data map what data do you know we use data mapping what what data do uh, the individuals need what data does the organization need what data needs to feed reporting where do we get that data from so this idea of thinking about an organization and where that data sits and then how we how we construct that data how we model that data within hubspot how we connect it into hubspot so that people can you know that can feed automation or it can feed reporting or it can provide information and relevant information to certain teams um you know so the data mapping mapping uh, process becomes really important you know and we will do that through you know stakeholder groups that that initial piece of work where we're planning and doing discovery who needs to be involved get those stakeholder groups around a table or around a virtual table as it commonly is now and start that engagement and get people grouped together um, on that um, and I think the last point on this kind of start with the end in mind uh, approach is the other thing just to be really careful of is, is you know, we talked, we started talking about building the monster, but, you know, what we've got to be careful of is just start small initially, you know, don't try and customize HubSpot completely within a first six week period or whatever. It's much better to do the core functions, the core processes first, get people using HubSpot, get them understanding the process, and then themselves, they'll see the opportunities with it. You know, we've got a really good case study with a client where, you know, we've done a piece of onboarding over six months and we're now engaged with them on an ongoing basis. And they're starting to build, almost build out HubSpot themselves, aligned to their process maps, aligned to the data map, because they're seeing opportunities in the way HubSpot works and their own processes to improve performance in what they're doing. So that whole sort of agile approach to iterative improvement becomes really important in relation mm. to the CRM. Yeah. Okay. So so that's more, we're thinking about HubSpot more there from a kind of uh, organizational process kind of perspective, but what about from a, a kind of individual perspective? Yeah, I, I think so. So it's a really interesting approach to this. And it's something I came across gosh, probably a decade ago now, show my age, but in corporate world where, you know, we used to do process re-engineering, et cetera, is where, you know, you, you'd gather information on individual user requirements because you'd literally sit and watch them do their job. So you'd watch which bits of software they used to jump into or which documents they would collect to try and do their job or, or what they do. And, and that in itself starts to understand the individual user requirements. So, you know, it, it's really interesting when we, you know, gather, identify the groups that are going to be using HubSpot, you know, put them into, you know, categories of groups that, that work together and do similar role and processes, etc. And then really understand those common requirements. And I would genuinely say, look, you know, talk me through your day-to-day activity. What do you do? Where, where do you go? Which software do you open to find a bit of information? Who do you phone when you need something, etc.? Because that suddenly starts to identify how we can automate some of those processes and how we can make life much easier for the individual users and customize it for the users. And part of that customization then is also kind of integrations and looking at other technology they're using, other bits of kit, other software, where they're diving out of HubSpot potentially at the moment to grab information and pull it back in. And how can we actually yeah. join that up? Yeah, and, and I guess that's that's the bit that, you know, people really start to see the value of a core CRM where it becomes, if you like, the backbone of the business. Not necessarily because it is, um, 
uh, collecting data, but the fact that that it's being able to share that data with the relevant users through an integration. So a really good example is, is for example, using an accounts, if you've got an accounts package and you want to look at customer invoicing as a, as a sales rep or whatever it might be, and usually you might either have to go to accounts and say, look, have these guys paid their invoices? What, what's happening, et cetera? Or how much have we billed them over the last year, whatever it might be? Rather than have to go to accounts, either enter into another software package or even ask accounts for a spreadsheet or whatever it might be, we connect that accounts package with HubSpot via the API to present that data within HubSpot against the customer or contact record, whatever it might be. So suddenly you're giving that information at point of use rather than them needing to go elsewhere. And that's just one example. But you can see within a business, you know, um, you know, a business that has a different shipping department might, you know, that shipping details might be um, managed elsewhere in the business, might be the end of the production line, etc. But actually that data comes back into the CRM so that people that need it can access that data. So so integrations become really important in in being able to uh, really automate and improve process. There's also a big part there, I think, around pre-sale and post-sale. You know, we, we often talk a lot about the kind of pre-sale, about the sales cycle, sales process, where a lot of information is collected on a contact or a deal or whatever it might be. And then post-sale, uh, that potentially goes into a different system uh, or certainly a different team for a lot of businesses and how that information is pulled over and maybe displayed differently to give those users uh, kind of upfront information to allow them to do their job. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so many times, particularly in, in B2B sales rather than sort of transactional e-commerce sales, um, although that's important as well, is, is you know, the information on handover for, for teams to then deliver the service or proposition or whatever it is becomes really important. So being able to have that in one place, to be able to have that in a in a, uh, a clear form that enables everybody to understand the whether it be the scope of work or the background to the deal or whatever it might be, becomes super important. So, so HubSpot can can really work well with that. And, and you know, a good example of that is, is a client we work with where they have a project management tool. So, so when a deal is closed, the information is passed into that project management tool so that the project team who generally work 90% of the time in the project management tool have that information. But equally, if there's an upsell to that project, these are these are quite significant projects. If there's upsells and therefore you know, there's additional cost that 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 additional cost is held in the project management tool but it's passed back into hubspot to go against the deal so you've got this consistency of 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 record and reporting in terms of information so we're not duplicating information there's no cross wires in what in in terms of what the opportunity might be or what the deal might be and and suddenly you get this consistency that really helps the business and one source of truth for your data and no double entry and those kind of problems which we see over and over again in businesses yeah the utopia of one source of truth. Yeah, indeed. If, if we all had that, I mean, that, that, is where, that is where everyone needs to get to now. And, you know, it's getting ever closer, that one source of truth. So, you know, with, with APIs, particularly, and not just about HubSpot, the, but the ability to connect different software platforms together is, is super powerful now. And, and, and a driver to this, obviously, is data and this ideal of having this single source of truth. Customization as well, I think, covers... Uh, those points where you get to the extremities of what HubSpot is kind of capable of and therefore how do you start to bolt on other bits of kit or uh, sector specific bits of kit like uh, recruitment software or whatever it might be 
how do you start to put that together to maximize uh, HubSpot's capability within any sort yeah. of business? I'd go right back to the start that we talked about process mapping and data map mapping. You know, if you can see, for example, let's take a bit of, um, you know, often larger organizations will be using recruitment software um, and they might want to pull some of that data into HubSpot. So thinking about where, thinking about the different platforms where the information lies and the data lies and used by the business and then thinking about, who, which users are going to need that access, that information data and which tool they'll be using to do that in. And if it's HubSpot, then of course you want to be able to integrate with that third party recruitment platform to pull the data into HubSpot so that it's easily accessible to the individuals in HubSpot, them not having to you know, go out to that recruitment platform, open that application up and pull the data through and, and even you know, copy and paste it back into HubSpot or a different tool. Um, you know, so that becomes really important. It's that process mapping piece. It's the, you, you know, we do something called um, ERDs, entity relationship diagrams, connecting, looking how those applications interact with each other. And that's a really important piece as part of the, the customization um, approach. Mm. So uh, I guess a lot of what we've talked about is uh, more so at the kind of front end and looking at those processes and the organization and how teams interact and fit together. But there's definitely a demand at the moment for uh, reporting, for good data insights for leadership teams to be able to uh, get good MI, make good strategic decisions looking forward. Uh, and and that's, that's absolutely part of that customization piece as well. Yeah, it is. And, and, and really importantly, in relation to the data that's held within HubSpot, because HubSpot has a really uh, powerful reporting tool and, 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 you know, custom reporting, as it's called in there. And, and it's about presenting that data to the leadership team. Now, some of that data might not be core to HubSpot itself. You know, it might not be, you know, submitted via a form. It might not be submitted by a sales rep. It might not be submitted via marketing. It might actually be that data comes from the finance package. It comes from um, a third-party application. But what we want to do is to get that data into HubSpot so that we can report on it alongside the other data sets within, within HubSpot. Um, a, a really good example of the approach to take here, and, and this is... Um, I'll give credit to our data analyst here who, who kind of when I was first talking to him came up with this is is the important thing is to, you know, if, if you've got a leadership team wanting some insight and wanting some uh, reporting, customized reporting producing, the question is um, basically is is what is the question they want the answer to? So, you know, if you think I think about an example at the moment where we are helping an organization improve their uh, they call it merchant onboarding, but customer onboarding process. What is the customer, the CEO's, what, what is the, the, the question the CEO, CEO, CEO wants answering? And in this case, that is how quickly are we onboarding merchants? So what we've done is set up a, a, a separate pipeline for, for onboarding. So at the end of the deal stages, it goes into a new pipeline, which is onboarding. And then we're creating reporting on the velocity through different stages of that onboarding process. So suddenly the CEO can say, well, actually, at the moment they're running at 32 days, um, to onboard a new customer. They want to push that down to 14, but through the reporting, they can see at which stages it's slowing up. And equally, they can slice and dice that to, by channel or by sales rep and start to see that, well, actually, hold on, all our business that gets referred via this channel takes a much longer time to go through that process than 
that come through our direct sales channel or whatever it might be. So they can start to slice and dice that data to identify the pinch points, the bottlenecks from that onboarding process. But it starts with what are the questions that you're looking for the answers to? And then work back from there in terms of producing the reports and information to provide the insight that we can make effective business decisions to improve performance. Because it's similar to the, the kind of where we were with HubSpot, you know, it does so many things, you almost need to narrow the field a bit. It, it feels like that with reporting, there is so much data within HubSpot, but actually knowing what's important, knowing what to surface and how to surface that and how to display that in a way that's useful to any given leadership team is quite a skill really yeah it is and that's where you know we need to be going back to this creating a monster you know because there could be hundreds of questions that want to answer then suddenly we've got these thousands of reports that that you know come out of everywhere in hubspot but actually some really clear thinking about the creation of certain dashboards for certain performance reporting, you know, dashboards for sales, but it might be dashboards for the direct sales channel. It might be dashboards for certain channels, um, you know, external third party referrers or whatever it might be. So it's really important when we think about customization that we continually think about how we can, if you like, consolidate that customization, group it together so that we're not just adding things, individual things onto HubSpot all the time. There is a structure and a framework to that that makes it much easier to manage over the longer term rather than, you know, adding another, think about the monster with all the tentacles, just adding another tentacle that people forget they had and then suddenly what's this for, et cetera. So there has to be structure and framework around it. And that's where, you know, clear planning plays a really important part in in ensuring that it, it really does drive value for the business. And that's also part of, you know, if, if you do choose to work with an agency and have a kind of ongoing relationship, that's part of that kind of constant review of your needs as a business and, and, and uh, having a kind of external pair of eyes kind of challenge you on that and, and see what's really needed and what isn't, what's now legacy and can be archived, what needs to be changed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and this kind of leads into, from a customization point, how, how you manage it. You know, so how do you maintain that governance? And and I think it's really important for, you know, data and software is uh, and technology is becoming so incredibly important to business that there are roles being created that specialize in the governance of that. So whether it be a CRM specialist role in the business or a data governance role in the business, it's really important that people have responsibility and accountability for the management of these platforms, whether that's as a whole or whether it's an individual platform, because if they don't, then suddenly they can become unwieldy. There's no control over it. And particularly with with HubSpot, for example, you know, management of user permissions is really important because you know you don't want a sales rep thinking, oh, it'd be great if we had this field against the deal record. And of course, they can go in and create it if they've got the permission. And suddenly no one knows about it hasn't been thought about properly and and it becomes unwieldy so so control around user permissions and user management becomes really important and having subject matter experts with accountability and, and best and, and knowledge on best practice becomes really important to to sort of ensure that that is consistent throughout the business hmm. and uh, likewise kind of at, at, at the front end you know hubspot naturally captures a lot of data that we can then report on segment and, and kind of use in a, an insightful way but is there any customization at the front end uh, that can help to kind of capture more data, more relevant data that can be incredibly valuable that if you just use HubSpot out of the box, you perhaps wouldn't get? Um, I, th- I think if, if I'm understanding the, cr- the question correctly, I-, I think that there are 
there are ways to capture data in HubSpot that maybe you wouldn't get out of the box. So thinking about, for example, working across different teams and you know things like form filling, well, those, for, those forms can be created for internal things. So it might be a quality check of a product going out the door. Then you know a team could use that to push data into HubSpot, which helps create reporting on quality outcomes in terms of product delivery. Now that's just one example, but there's there's you know unlimited number of examples where capturing data to uh, you know either internally or externally can really help the process and provide greater insight to uh, the performance of the business. Not not just around forms, but it, but again coming back to integrations. You know, thinking about third party applications, what data sits in those third. You know, it might be your MPS score. You might use a different survey tool for MPS. So how do we get those MPS scores into HubSpot so that when we're looking at segmenting target audiences or types of companies, we can see the types of companies we work with where there's a greater and higher NPS score. So we can start to do better targeting. So you can start to think about how this data can be used to provide, you know, to help sales, marketing and service teams um, across the organization. But that, that takes um, a fairly deep level of understanding of a business uh, for an agency like ourselves to go into a business and start to understand at that level their needs or where we could have the greatest impact. I mean, that takes takes quite a lot of time and understanding, which I imagine not everyone is doing. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you, you're getting onto my little hobby horse here, Ian, of, of agencies that sell HubSpot and then just do a very basic onboarding and walk away thinking, you know, uh, they've got what they need. And, and again, it comes back to this re-onboarding. You, you know, a lot of inquiries we get are from people that bought HubSpot a year, two years ago and going, yeah, we, we, we've heard it's great, but it's really not working for us or we're not getting the most out of it. For us, the investment in time and effort, either internally or externally with a partner agency, to plan and get this right um, is worth its weight in gold from a uh, return on investment perspective over time, because actually, if you need to do re-onboarding, you you probably your people might not be buying into HubSpot as much as they can. You, you're causing disruption in the business. If you want to alleviate all of that, then you've got to invest in getting this right. Um, so, particularly from a CRM perspective, um, you, you know this is this is not quick win stuff. You know, depending on the size of the organisation. But, you know, you can't just pull out, rip out a bit of software, take out Salesforce and put in HubSpot and, and expect everything to, 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 to run smoothly. You know, it just doesn't work like that. There, there has to be time, effort and resource put in at the front end to ensure you get the best from it. And if you do that properly, then, you, you know, HubSpot genuinely, in my, in my view, is, is a game changer. It's interesting you mentioned size there because it was, it was going to be something that I asked. Is the amount of customization you should be looking to do or need directly proportionate to the size of a business? I kind of know the answer here, but interested to hear your view. Uh, I'm going to say no, um, although that might be the wrong answer. And the only reason I say that is that it again comes back to this, your business, uh, the CRM fitting your business. So if you've got a really simple business, but it might be a huge business, but you might have one product and, you know, a small number of sales channels, you know, a certain marketing approach, but you might have a thousand people, you know, doing that, then the customization might not be huge. Actually, if you've got a small business with 30, 40 people and, you know, a pretty broad 
um, product mix and a long sales cycle and playing in different markets and you know operational delivery is quite complex and you're using lots of different applications because of the complexity then customization could be far more complex the the caveat to that is in terms of the amount of customization actually for me is is really although it's not really related to customization you know larger organizations take longer for onboarding because of the number of users you know you need to win over the hearts of minds of people to get them to adapt uh, to hubspot and use hubspot so larger organizations it tends to take longer invariably they're more complex i would i would say that but because of the number of people and certainly you know training programs and adoption programs etc that change management piece is going to take longer yeah, because there'll be people listening to this, won't there, who uh, run uh, small and large businesses who maybe already have HubSpot, where it might be that just one crucial piece of customization or a real understanding of your process before you implement in HubSpot might make all the difference to their business. And that might actually be a relatively low cost exercise for an agency like us to do. Or it might be that just because you are a larger, more complex business, there is just more customization required. Those are the, the kind of two extremes, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And, and a really good example of that is, is you know, we had a customer who ran a separate customer portal. Now, they had a lot of customers going into that portal all the time to do certain activity, et cetera. Now, that was separate to HubSpot. Now, they hadn't even considered linking the data that they're gathering in customer use in that portal with HubSpot to start to inform the service desk and sales and marketing and starting to profile customers based on their activity within their portal. So, you know, this the only bit of customization we did was to connect that based on certain properties um, and endpoints for the API. And that data then from that portal was pulled into HubSpot and suddenly gave their sales teams and marketing far greater insight on targeting types of customers that have a higher propensity to buy their service, you know, which customers cause the most issues and, and maybe they want to avoid or or address the product issues that they're having in a much quicker way. So that little bit of, of I guess, thinking and connecting those two things was actually relatively short. I think it was two days work, but it was a huge uh, result for those guys in terms of the benefit they got from it. Which is an interesting point, isn't it? Because uh, invariably people... Uh, come to us when there is a specific problem, a specific challenge, a specific need. But actually, arguably, there's there's a lot of conversations to be had with different businesses about just the power of the possible with HubSpot. Yeah, yeah, and that's I, I you know, they're my favourite conversations really. And when when a, a client comes to us because you know they have HubSpot and they want to, they don't understand the art of the possible, and their question to us is like. Where can we go with this? Now, you have to be really careful with answering that because, you know, you can, I wouldn't say you can take it anywhere, but it can go a long way. And on the periphery of where it can't, when HubSpot can't do things, there's tools that plug into HubSpot that can do those things. Um, but you need to start from a robust place in the in the first place. You know, you need to have the right structure in place for HubSpot. You need to have the right properties, the right objects, you know, people using HubSpot in the right way before you start to, you know, push that out into into areas of unknown. You know, we talk about creating an impact and, and breaking through. When you when you've done 
the BAU stuff, when you've set up HubSpot really well, when it's aligned to the business, and that's HubSpot being aligned to the business, not the business being aligned to HubSpot. When HubSpot's aligned to the business and you're digitizing process and making life easy, everyone's buying into it, suddenly you've got an opportunity to do some really exciting stuff because you can start to look at third-party applications, whether it be looking at new markets, new product launches, you know, servicing, self-servicing, portals, all the other stuff that comes with, you know, advanced digitization, really. So we started by asking the question, how you can harness the power of customization without creating a monster. Uh, I think there's been some really interesting points over the last half hour or so, but uh, just to wrap us up, just give us some, uh, some, some do's and don'ts. Okay. The biggest one is, is plan properly, plan properly and spend time with the people who are using the software or, or undertaking the process currently to, to get that down on paper and, and ha- before you just try and apply it into HubSpot, get it down on paper, build those process maps, etc. That's really important. The, the other bit for, from a customization perspective also is think wider than just HubSpot. You know, think about your other applications you're using because invariably in these modern times, they could be, could, they can be connected into HubSpot. Not all can, there's still some, you know, monolithic art, architecture out there, but they can be connected to HubSpot. So those thinking broader than just HubSpot, a mapping process are two really important things. And the other thing that I always come back to when it comes to these sorts of conversations around customization onboarding is is getting the people on board, winning over the hearts and minds, you know, ensuring that the whole team comes on the journey with you, because that way uh, you're going to get a much better result in terms of business performance. Good stuff. Well, look, thank you very much for your time, John. It's been a pleasure. I'm sure our listeners will be looking forward to uh, all the ways that they can better manage their customizations. Thanks, Ian. I've enjoyed it. And uh, no doubt we'll be here again soon. That was John Pittam, Managing Director at Carmen Digital. You've been listening to PodSpot, the UK's only HubSpot-themed podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.